Hey folks, Celica here, creator and host of The Color Girl Beautiful. If you're tuning in for the first time, thanks for coming through. We're currently between seasons and we'll be back with brand new content later this fall. But not to worry, there's plenty of content for you to check out in the meantime. Obviously, the episode you're about to listen to right now is amazing, and we believe the entire back catalog is worth your time. But if you're looking for a place to start, I recommend episode one, which is an introduction to the show's genesis, or episode four, which just happens to be one of my favorites. After that, the sky's the limit. I hope you stick around, and I'm super excited for you to hear season two. Anywho, happy listening, and see you around. We know if we go back, because I, I think it's important to go back to what it meant to be of a lighter skin versus a darker skin. We go back to the ways in which we were separated on the plantation, where a lighter skinned enslaved person who's clearly someone who has been raped, or though it's the product of rape, um, tends to be kept closer to the big house. I would argue that they're even more oppressed. I would argue that they had a different form of American enslavement. And I say that because if you look at the research around what would happen in the plantation at night, and if you worked in the field, when it got dark, you went home. And they were creating families and being together. Uh, They were planting gardens and they were coming and joining. Sometimes they'd have secret school and secret church and they would pray together. But if you lived in the plantation owner's house, you were at his or hers consistent back and call. You also a constant reminder to the plantation owner's wife of the infidelities of her husband. And so how could she look at you and see something other than the betrayal of her husband, which is why so many uh, mulatto young girls were shipped to Louisiana. They had brothels in Louisiana strictly for mulatto girls at the age of like seven and eight years old. I think they sold for like $5,000 or so. So it was a big market. So now if you fast forward and you come out of that, if you moved into a time when slavery had ended, there was something about the love and the worship of whiteness. But it had been pounded into our heads. I mean, how could you not love whiteness when your entire life whiteness has been the norm whiteness has been the standard whiteness is freedom you know whiteness is purity you were told that Jesus Christ is white and God is white and that not only is your black skin a curse from ham but your black skin will keep you enslaved both here in this life but also in the next life because white folks really believe slavery was going to travel with them when they die and they would get to heaven and we'd have you know Jim Crow up there as well so you've been taught over and over and over again generations to hate yourself I mean you talk about when the first Africans in this country were enslaved around 1657 or so to when it ended 1865 that by the time American slavery, American slavery ended, there were no folks who were alive who remembered the continent. There were no folks who were alive who remembered someone who remembered 
the continent. They were just that far removed. If their only idea of blackness had been shaped and formed in this country. So why wouldn't you hate it? Why wouldn't you hate yourself? Why wouldn't you hate your features? Because you've been told you were a dog. You've been told that you are lower to the ground than the dog is. You were told you ride in the back of the truck and my dog rides on the front seat. That's what you have been told. You've been told that you're nothing but, you know, an animal to pull my plow for the sport of my friends. You've been told that you're nothing but a piece of meat. I'm going to breed you as often as I can, even if it kills you. And you're still going to work every day from sunup to sundown. You've been told that you're a medical experiment that I can cut open at will to see what makes you tick. So why wouldn't you hate blackness? So coming out of that, I cannot help but understand why lighter skin and more European features, finer and thinner hair, was considered to be better because white women were put on a pedestal and black men were told that they can't even look at a white woman for fear of being killed. There's something to be said about that. And we we saw this kind of seep its way into our community. We saw it when we looked at you know the communities in Philadelphia and the time when they would even put mulatto on the U.S. census and the features. We look at you know the club women and some of the photographs that have survived, and you know you can see the mix of African and European features and how they were valued. We saw that, and so it's no surprise that. The AKAs used to have a color bag test. And there's no surprise that we had this tension in our community for years around good hair versus bad hair. There's no surprise that there's still these latent impacts around colorism in our community that we are fighting against. Like we are now still... Years after Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud, years after Kwame Ture said, hey, let's call ourselves you know, Black folks, years after Dr. King said, look in the mirror and tell yourself I'm Black and I'm beautiful, years after that, we're still working to embrace natural hair. In fact, we're working so hard to embrace it. Some places it has to be the law that you can't discriminate against black California women just passed about that. the state of their hair. And other states are thinking about that. We have to have a law to protect us from not putting chemicals, a la Madam C.J. Walker, into our hair. Colorism still exists. Why? Because whiteness as a concept, whiteness as an idea, whiteness as the norm, whiteness as the standard still exists. And until that is destroyed, dismantled, deconstructed, we will always deal with who's better and who's worse and where does the color of your skin and the shape of your nose and the thickness of your hair, how does that determine your your wealth and your worth? Kamala Harris versus Stacey Abrams. I mean, you look sometimes at the impact of what it means to be black and to be a woman and to be dark-skinned and to have natural hair in this country. And what does that really mean and how does it go forward? I think what's interesting is that if you look at some shows, shows, black shows with all black people, 
how the darker skinned female character becomes the butt of the joke. It happened on Martin. You know, that the darker skinned character was the butt of the joke. I mean, we saw it on Living Single. I mean, look at Max on Living Single. Even though she ended up getting with Kyle, but she was the darkest character, darker skinned character on the show. And she was the butt of the jokes about her looks and her this and her that. Like, it's just interesting. I look at, you know, a different world. And the ways in which Kim was treated. Like there's something to be said about the subtle ways that color comes into who we are. And thinking about, you know, all these shows that we lift up, where are darker skinned women? I mean, Spike Lee did it in school days. He pointed it out to us. But it hasn't changed. You know, it hasn't changed. There's a reason why there's a $3 billion industry about hair weaves, the longer the better. And now, of course, it's the pink hair, the blonde hair, whatever it is. But it's still a step away from the natural hair. Like, who are we really supposed to be in this country? I don't even know anymore. It's, it's sometimes a question that you have to wrestle with because the question really becomes not who are we supposed to be in this world? The question really is who am I supposed to be in this world? And how do I really embrace who I am completely and fully in a country that is hell-bent on destroying exactly who I am and what I stand for? Like it's a fight to stand tall as a black woman. I say all the time that being black and walking out the door every day is an act of courage because you're putting yourself on the line, not just your physical body, although we know with police brutality and would-be white vigilantes, we are putting our physical bodies on the line, but it's also your spiritual body, your mental body, you know, your psychological body, all that is put on the line every day dealing with blackness as a threat in this society. The Colored Girl Beautiful is created and hosted by Salika Smith and produced by Salika Smith and Nicole Hill. A big thank you again to Dr. Carstanya Wise Whitehead, also known as Dr. K, for sharing some of her knowledge of our history. Dr. K is an author, a scholar, a filmmaker, and an award-winning radio show host. So be sure to check out some of her work. Links in the description. I really appreciate learning about some of the history behind a subject like colorism. It's easy to point the finger at one another and judge each other for an aesthetic that resembles more European traits, but Dr. K really breaks down the origin of where that comes from and the ways in which we're still fighting those ideas of whiteness as an ideal today. And I'm happy to say that I can see signs of us breaking away from that ideal of whiteness all the time. There's of course always work to be done, but we are embracing who we are as we are more and more every single day. For everything you ever wanted to know about the Colored Girl Beautiful podcast and the original book that inspired the show, you can visit coloredgirlbeautiful.com. We would love for you to subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on social media, or purchase your very own Colored Girl Beautiful merch. We've expanded our inventory recently to include a canvas tote in addition to t-shirts, so you can grab yours today. If you like what you hear, send this episode to a couple of friends. And if you've got a moment or two to spare, leave us a glowing review and a five-star rating on either Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Links for both in the show notes. If you have any thoughts or questions or suggestions for the show, we would love to hear them. We're between seasons right now, so this is a great time for feedback. Send them to us. Email us directly at hello at coloredgirlbeautiful.com. 
or DM us at CGB Podcast on Twitter or Colored Girl Beautiful on Facebook and Instagram. This is the last mini-sode for season one, you guys. I cannot thank you enough for listening this season. It really means so much to us, so much to me. We're taking a break to focus on producing season two, but keep an eye on your feed. We'll be popping in on occasion with a bit of bonus content every now and again between now and the release of season two. And we'll be putting a call out for stories in the very, very near future. So if you want a chance to be featured on the show, look for an update in the next couple of weeks. Thanks again for all of your support. Stay safe and we'll see you soon.